to Happily Ever After is Real, interviews and conversations with women, created to share wisdom, strength, joy, and inspiration for finding true love in a busy and constantly changing world. Happily Ever After is Real is a Be More You production. You can follow us on Facebook or visit us online at bemoreyou.co. I'm Tricia Bennett. On behalf of myself and all of our guests, welcome and enjoy. So I'd like to begin by welcoming Nancy Hunt, my co-host today. Thank you for being here with us. And I want to introduce everyone to a woman who, without a doubt, holds the world record for attending more Be More You programs than any other woman on earth. And and to say that if anyone's story is evidence that practice makes perfect, it's, it's our friend Amy. So welcome, Amy. Please introduce yourself. Tell our listeners who you are, and then we'll get down to the juicy questions. Okay. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Amy Mosier Berry. Berry is my married name, so I'm still getting used to that after a year and a half. But I am 38 years old. I live in Massachusetts. I lived in Worcester, about a half hour south of here, for about 16 years. And I really had this whole identity, Amy, from Worcester or from the Woo. And I ended up meeting my husband. He's from New Hampshire, so we ended up compromising and moving in between Worcester and the Nashua area where he still works. That was probably one of the the trickier logistics since we were both established in our 30s at this point. It wasn't the easiest thing to uproot, but it was definitely well worth it. And for that thing around earning money, I'm a professor at Worcester State. I teach urban studies and entrepreneurship. And I also am an entrepreneur myself of green energy and sustainability work, which is a real passion of mine, especially now that we're we're pregnant and expecting our first child in about five or six weeks. So I'm that much more motivated around environmental issues. So that's a little bit about me. And um, I should say just a huge thank you to Trisha Newell Bennett and the whole Be More You community because I've been participating in Be More You since January of 2010. And I met Trisha at my now dear friend Heidi's living room, and I had no idea why I was going there. A friend of mine said, you need to meet this lady, Trisha. She's in from Martha's Vineyard, and she's doing a workshop for single women who are looking for their husband. So I said, okay. It's like January, and I trek over to this random living room, and I literally have taken the Be More You workshop in one form or another seven times, and I might hold the record. So you're in the um, Guinness Book of World Records for. <laughs> so I wouldn't be here without you, Trisha. So thank you for all of your work and in investing in women and just building the kind of community that that you have. It's really, really helped me get through many years of feeling stuck in dating. So we'll leave it at that. And I'm sure you've got a lot more questions. So. Uh, it's so my pleasure. Oh. Well, one of the things that you said is the whole thing about being interested and concerned about the environment and renewable energy and all of that. And one of the things that, one of the reasons that I care about this so much, 
that I care about doing interviews with women like you is that I believe that women are magical and that we really change the world and that when we're suffering, we Mm -hmm. don't have the ability to do that. And if if you're longing to find the right person, you spend an awful lot of energy in that process. Mm-hmm. And all that energy that could be put into making the world a better place is trapped in that space of longing. So it's my pleasure to see you completely free from that and able to give your gifts to the world. So, Aww. Thank that you. That is so true. You're welcome. <laughs> So tell us about your hubby and how you met him and how you knew he was the man for you. Sure. Well, I love this story. So let's see. I I should back up, and especially for women who have been dating for a long time, who have been on and off different online websites and think that that doesn't work for you, I was completely in that camp. I had just about had it. I was actually on three different dating websites at one point, and one of the websites, I'll you know keep it anonymous because it's not like any one is necessarily good, bad, right, wrong, but this one that I was on for probably a year, I basically had three men in a row that were just awful. It was a really rough experience, and by July 4th of 2013, I had basically said, okay. Independence Day, I'm done. I'm done with this whole dating thing, especially the online dating. I just needed a break, and I wanted to focus more on certain things that I really wanted to do and pursue some of my passions and travel and whatnot. I had broken up with a boyfriend the year before that I was convinced was going to be my husband, and then at yet another one, I don't know, Trisha, if it was workshop five or six for me, and you looked me in the eye and said, you and I both know he's not going to be your husband, so you're going to stick around for the after-lunch session, and you're going to you know, basically get your life back. So I had broken up with him that next day, and that was the previous summer after which point, I think it's so hilarious, and I'm hoping the ladies will get a kick out of this, I literally allowed myself to buy a $1,300 vacuum and purchased a ticket to Australia by myself. That was the summer of 2012. And I you know, I came back, and life was fun. It was more adventurous. I was doing things I loved. I was focusing more on my career. But as I mentioned, um, by July 4th of 2013, I had just really had it with, especially online dating after a bunch of rough experiences. So I pulled the plug on that main website that I was on, and I just kind of did my own thing for five or six months. But then as December was approaching, again, this was 2013, you know, it was my birthday and the holidays coming up, and I just started feeling sorry for myself. And I said, you know what, let me just jump on. In, in my case, it happened to be I, I tried out a, a site that I had been on years before, and I didn't have the best luck, um, but I heard some friends say that they had improved the site, so I said, let me give it a shot. Utilized a lot of the coaching I had gotten from the Be More You community, um, from Trisha, and just different married mentors that I had and peers in the program, and I just had a really great profile that I put up, and within two weeks, I actually met Bill Barry, who is now my husband, so I met him within two weeks of actually rejoining that website after a little bit of a break. So that was really exciting. Bill is definitely not the kind of man I originally saw myself with. He is 
software, a systems engineer. He's super stable. He's been at the same company for, it'll be 20 years this May. Started actually as a college intern, and he's just kind of this happy-go-lucky, loves what he does, very loving. He just wants whatever I want. He wants that for me, and he's super supportive, and he's hilarious, and from New Hampshire, born and raised. So for anybody who might know, especially men from New Hampshire, but a lot of folks from New Hampshire, they're very proud. They live in the live free or die state, and they don't often come south of the border to what many call Massachusetts. Now it's not so bad here in Mass. In fact, I love living here. It's where I'm born and raised, but it really showed me how much he loved me that when he basically assumed we were moving to New Hampshire, I said, honey, I am not able to do that right now. <laughs> I was, that was probably the the trickiest part, which is actually a really good sign. And he was willing to come to Massachusetts, and we, we both had condos at the time. Mine was in Central Mass. His was in New Hampshire. He sold his pretty quickly. We bought a home, and he still actually commutes to Nashua, which is almost an hour. It's probably 50 minutes one way. And we were both spoiled, and we both made compromises, and I'm just so grateful that he was willing to do that. And then we've talked about in a few years, one of his dreams is to actually build a house in New Hampshire. So I said, as long as I have like, you know, five to seven years of transition, I'll do that. I know that's a dream of yours. I don't want to stop you on that. So we're just, we're here living in bliss, waiting for the arrival of our little baby Barry here. And life is really good. So I'm very grateful. So what did you have to trust about yourself? to say this is the man for me and to actually marry him? I would say, going back, you know, a part of your previous question that I probably didn't quite get at, is like how did I know, you know, Bill was it for me? How did I, what were those signs and what did I have to then trust in myself? I think I had to allow myself to stray or deviate from the kind of man I thought I was looking for. I almost thought I was looking for, gosh, help us, somebody like me, like very (laughs) adventurous and risk-taking, very entrepreneurial, Hmm. really out there. Like I I thought I was looking for a Latino man who could dance salsa and merengue and ideally spoke Spanish, ideally vegetarian. I mean, all these things that were like so not really what my essentials were in fact, but I thought those were my essentials. So I had to really like be open to just reconsidering what I thought were my essentials, which was really helpful out of the work I did with Be More You. Um, It was more things like trust and communication and, Hmm. you know, loyalty and him really treating me like I was the center of his world. I never really considered those sorts of things. I just maybe assumed a lot of things. So I had to open up to be more real with myself and allow myself to be coachable, not just in business, like I'd always heard, oh, it's very important to be coachable and you're building your business. Well, it's also super important to be coachable when you're working on meeting your husband, the person that you're going to have a partnership with for the rest of your life, yeah. you know, to use those skills and really be open-minded and just to allow myself to like see the little things that he would do and just see them and celebrate them. Like I know very early in our relationship, I want to say it was the fourth date I was actually participating in a seminar. He's like, I'd really like to see you on Sunday. I'm like, oh, well, I have this community Sunday event. And he's like, oh, well, what's that? I was like, oh, I don't know. It's like a big seminar. We talk about what's important in life. And you're welcome to come. We can invite guests. He's like, okay, I'll come. So he comes (laughs) to this this thing, and that was like fourth date. 
And, you know, we're sitting in small groups doing these interactive exercises, and he, like, knew no one. But I, And I was surprised that he seemed more, like, sociable than I assumed he was. So he was great in the circle, and we were about to get up and move to the next group or whatever. And I tend to have, like, a lot of stuff that I carry with me. Like, I'm very – I have piles of pictures and collage materials and notebooks or whatever, even though I try to be green and I always have paper stuff with me. It's this ongoing irony. And he just looked at me and he said, "Um, can I just manage your overflow? He's like, I got this. I'm just going to manage this overflow. And I fell in love with him 10 times over at that point. I was like, I met a man who wants to manage my overflow. Oh, this is good. (laughs) And, and Tricia, as you know, that was one of our classic lines in our wedding vows. Um, that was hilarious. And most of my friends remember that line that, that Bill takes that in line vows. so yeah. seriously. He'll look at me and he'll be like, he's like, it's my job. I need to manage your overflow. He's like, or he'll apologize for not sufficiently managing my overflow as he gave his word in front of everyone. I mean, he takes it very seriously. I mean, it was like that moment early on that I'm like, oh, this is, this is really great. And then just kind of in general how we, we just adore each other for, like, who we are and who we're not. Like, we don't try to fix or change. We just, when in doubt, we just laugh at ourselves, laugh at each other. And that's when I really knew, like, just being able to be that comfortable with someone, um, that's who I wanted to be with, even though it's not who I originally saw myself with. You know, this this white conservative software engineer, like, what is that? You know, definitely not who I <laughs> thought I'd end up with. But I think that's so fun to think back and just be playful and say, yep, that's not who I thought, but he's my perfect match. So tell us about your relationships with women. And maybe this is a natural inclination, I'm not sure. Like, once we've gotten married, and thank goodness we're very happily married, we love to be around other happily married couples, so I'm, we tend to do more double dating and hang out probably more with my married girlfriends than I used to, which I guess is a sort of a shift to be expected, but I never want to leave my, my single women friends hanging. I definitely still make time for them and vice versa. So I would say my mom has always been a huge part of my life. I adore my mom. She was my matron of honor. She's like my best friend. We actually almost lost her to breast cancer in 2007. So every time I think about how special our relationship is and how precious life is, it's really, really great. Although no matter how close I was with my mom, I feel like whenever she would ask me about dating and how's it going and she'd offer loving advice, I just wasn't hearing it in a very empowering way. I felt like she was nagging me and, you know, having me like she just didn't understand and we would joke and she's like honey let me know if you want me to file for all the different men you were dating at one point because we we would joke like we couldn't keep track of all these guys let me know if you want me to do a spreadsheet for you yeah exactly well bill's the spreadsheet guy and my mom was the old-fashioned paper files like she was literally like just let me know if you want me to take some notes i'll put them in my file cabinet you know so funny so my mom has been super supportive, but at the same time, I wasn't, I don't think, listening to her in, in, in the way that I was more open, I think, to speaking with others, especially the single women on the journey in the Be More You community over those many years. I mean, really, 2010 through, I met Bill basically January of 2014, so it was four years of 
working with different buddies in the program and supporting each other in that way. And I have to tell you, Trisha, I mean, before joining the Be More You community, I really wasn't aware of the importance of other women supporting each other in the journey to getting married. I Mm. sort of thought, okay, you know, we go out, maybe we socialize, we grab a drink, you know, we whatever we do, we go shopping or we complain about dating, but not really in a way that was very supportive or, you know, maybe I would share some professional interest and we'd do more like let's go to this conference or that conference for professional development rather than personal growth and development. So I feel like I, you know, I really didn't get the importance of being with other women. I always was very friendly with a lot of men thinking that they were just sometimes easier to talk to and less gossip-oriented or whatever. And I had a lot of male friends, I think, but at the same time, they often don't want to hear about certain (laughs) things that women are going through. And I feel like I would get frustrated whether it was, you know, whether it was a, a male friend or my dad or my brother. It's like they didn't seem to have, like, the bandwidth to, like, hear some longer story. And I learned a lot about how women can support women, we sometimes can be, not to stereotype, but like kind of all across the board and we're, you know, multifaceted and multidimensional and men are very like, let's get to the point or the purpose of this conversation. And so when I started leaning on women more and being part of the calls and the workshops, I just felt like, you know, it's okay to have a longer, maybe a long-winded conversation or we don't know exactly where this is going to end up, but we have the support of these women who are also going through a similar journey and it's not just about complaining or being upset or depressed about our situation it's like how can we lift each other up and I found like that can also be done in a in a personal setting it's not just professional having to get something done and support each other in that way or in our careers it's also in different circumstances that we're going through and I found that to be really useful oh other women are going through something similar like I used to not want to say I'm going through a certain situation, I don't want to burden people, like I used to want to position myself more like, you know, I'm out there helping and coaching everybody, but it's, oh, I could also receive some help and coach my, coaching myself. <laughs> so that yeah. was, uh, I look back and I'm like, oh, why was that an epiphany? But I do think that that's really helped me along the way, and then I can also encourage other women now to get a married mentor or have a buddy in the program or just do something for yourself, and it's not selfish, it's actually a contribution. If you're giving to yourself, then you have more to give to others. So that was a really useful thing to see. Mm. That's great. One of the things that I try very hard to promote is that you don't have to compete with other women, that other women can be your teachers and your partners in getting where you want to go. And most of the happily married women that I know I mean, I would probably say all of the happily married women that I know are delighted to offer any kind of help that they can to women who are serious about finding the right person. I think people that are not so happy are more competitive and secretive. Mm -hmm. And people that are happy are like, please, let me tell you what worked for me because I want you to have what I have. Right. And I think it's also great for women who are on the journey together to finding love to know that they're not alone in their struggles and like you were talking about doing the online dating and thinking this is just a nightmare, I hate this. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, and being able to have camaraderie with other women who are going through the same process, and then you get to the end of it and you say, but after all that, I actually met my husband. Right. So you I, know, and I thought that was only other people that had that happy ending. Like, I really didn't believe that was for me. I, I really thought, and we've talked about this so many times, Trisha, it's so funny. I really thought, well, God, the universe, has made so many clear indications, so many signs that he sent me that this marriage and children thing, or even just marriage, it's not in my cards. That's for other people. Right. And I'm clearly right. responsible for creating a new international economic policy that works for all human beings. Like, right. you know, I have to, it has to be so enormous that it right. will, like, you know, the world will be served if Amy stays single because there's just other bigger fish to fry. Like, that was, like, the that whole thing. Was, it was like, well, yeah. yeah. And you, re- you remember that. I do, because it was me. It was me, too. Yeah. I said, well, I'm never going to be married, so I better make a difference. Right. Like, it's only either or. That was the yeah. illusion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Surprise. But it felt so real <laughs> then. It was so real. Yeah. It's such a great thing that you mentioned that, the idea that everybody else can have it. And I think that almost every single woman feels that way. Like other women can have it, but not me. I'm the Mm -hmm. one, no matter how hard I work at it, even if I do all this work, even if I listen to these women, they're really, it's nice of them to try, but it's just not going to happen for me. And I think you and I both had that feeling right until the day we met our husband. (laughs) Right, right. So I would say that for those of us who really don't expect to find love, finding it feels like even more of a miracle when we do. So I really want to thank Amy and Nancy and say to all of you who are listening, if this has felt familiar to you, that none of this will ever work for you, that it's great for other women, but not for you, please keep listening. Tune in to our next episode with Amy where she shares her wisdom for you, for those who are still on the journey. What's her best advice for keeping your heart open and finding the love that you're looking for? Well, that's it for this episode. Wherever you are at this moment, we hope that you can feel your own unique happily ever after taking shape. If you're a single woman looking for love, we invite you to attend our powerful two-day relationship workshop for women, designed to help you embrace the amazing woman that you are and empower you to find the love of your life. Visit us at bemoreyou.co and register for Monday morning love notes for women. You'll get a calendar of all of our upcoming events. If you or someone you know has a special love story to share, we'd love to hear it and share it. Please message us on Facebook or contact us online at bemoreyou.co. Until next time, I'm Trisha Bennett. From all of us at Happily Ever After is Real, thank you for listening, and we wish you love.